are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, May 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman, too, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you could subscribe or follow along for free on YouTube and wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Make sure to go and do that real quick so that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it's available each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up this afternoon, I wanted to start by getting into some off-season updates that we got yesterday from none other than Scott Powers of The Athletic, one of the very best in the business as far as I'm concerned. And as we are now just over a month away from the 2023 NHL draft, Powers provided uh, some good updates and some good insight on kind of the Blackhawks mentality right now and, and some other things leading up to Uh, the draft, which again is June 28th in Nashville, Tennessee. The first thing he wanted to make sure to emphasize, though, is don't worry, Blackhawks fans. Connor Bedard is absolutely going to be the number one overall pick. I know there have kind of randomly been some concerns out uh, out there about the possibility of taking Adam Fantilli with the first overall selection. That was never going to happen. It's not even a thought for the Chicago Blackhawks. Connor Bedard is going to be calling Sweet Home Chicago his new home city Come June 28th. Don't you worry about that, Blackhawks fans. But one thing in particular that I have been talking about here on the show a bunch as of late, and, you know, we've also heard multiple um, folks from the Blackhawks front office kind of speak out about this as well here recently, and that's the possibility of packaging some of the Blackhawks picks that they have, of course, They have four second round picks at the moment, along with the first overall selection and the 19th overall pick inside the first round. So there's been a lot of talk about potentially packaging the 19th overall pick along with one or maybe two of those second round selections in order to try and move up earlier than number 19 in the NHL draft. But according to Powers, it sounds like the Blackhawks at this point in time aren't too optimistic about um, finding a trade partner and being able to move up, <clears throat> excuse me, finding a trade partner and um, finding a way in order to move up. It doesn't sound like they're too positive that that's going to happen. And some of the teams that I talked about potentially um, that, that would fit as trade partners for the Blackhawks, I talked about the Washington Capitals at number seven, um, or excuse me, the Philadelphia Flyers at number seven, the Washington Capitals at number eight. Both of those teams, the Capitals uh, in particular, don't have a ton of cap space. Same with the Flyers, despite being a team that really needs to go through a rebuild. The St. Louis Blues at number 10 are another team that's in a little bit of a salary salary cap crunch. And then the Vancouver Canucks at number 11 is another team that I've always had circled. Um, But one thing I will say, especially, um, I mean, even when I did talk about this for the first time, I did mention that 
you know, trading to number seven with the Flyers where they're at with a new front office and a new regime coming in seemed unlikely that they were going to trade number seven. Um, the Washington Capitals, while I, I do think they'd be looking to maybe shed some salary, maybe a contract like Anthony Mantha's, I don't know if that's going to be enough to move them down from number eight. Trading with the Blues at number 10 as a longtime division rival always seemed like it was uh, probably not going to happen. But the Vancouver Canucks, Powers mentioned, this is the one team where it really feels like there could be a possibility of a deal being worked out between the Blackhawks and Vancouver. And I've also mentioned it feels like destiny for these two teams to make some type of trade here in the offseason, just with these two situations being uh, completely dissimilar, but they work together well, um, being that the Vancouver Canucks obviously need to shed some salary desperately here in the offseason. I believe they're a million five over the salary cap at this point in time. And then the Blackhawks have the most cap space in the entire NHL over $40 million. So they just seemed like a match made in heaven for um, this type of deal. But I did think it was interesting to hear powers kind of say that the Canucks might be the only team that makes sense here. Um, and uh, look, it, it just, the number 11 pick, while there is still some value there, it's outside of the top 10, number seven, number eight, even number 10 for the Blues. Like in a very deep 2023 NHL draft, I understand why it's going to take a lot or those teams aren't really even willing to depart from those picks, even if a, a trade would be pretty lucrative for them. It's just a very deep draft. And to have a top 10 selection in this year's draft, it feels like it could be, you know, third, fourth or fifth in any other year. So I get why this is kind of uh, the scenario, but yeah, <clears throat> the Vancouver Canucks, I've been saying it for a long time here. Um, it's, it seems like, it's destiny for these two teams to make a trade. I also think, you know, if the Blackhawks don't want to trade up that far, the Pittsburgh Penguins at number 14 could be interesting. And I think the Calgary Flames, they also need to shed some salary and are picking at number 16. Those could be um, potential spots if the Blackhawks aren't able to move up as far as they would like. And if there's someone still available at 14 or 16 that they're wanting to select, I could see a trade working out with those two teams. But uh, the Vancouver Canucks, yes, I've said it several times. It feels like they're the most likely partner for the Blackhawks to move up on day one of the 2023 NHL draft. Um, as far as kind of like what a trade would be, Powers kind of mentioned this. It's also something that I've mentioned in the past. But just to bring it up one more time since we're on this topic, I think the Blackhawks undoubtedly would have to give up pick number 19 and at least one of their second round picks. I'm actually going to scroll down here on my sheet real quick. In the second round, the Blackhawks have picks, pick numbers 35, 44, 51, and 55. Obviously, 35 is the highest, just the third pick in the second round. So I'd have to imagine the Blackhawks would have to offer at least pick number 19 and pick 35 in order in order to move up maybe pick number 19 and they combine numbers 44 and 51 but if I was Vancouver just thinking from their perspective I certainly would be asking for the highest second round pick the Blackhawks have in return which would be number 35 so at the very least I think it's number 19 and one second round pick probably the highest one that the Blackhawks have or it'll be numbers 19 44 and 51 in exchange for that 11th overall selection from the Vancouver Canucks along with probably one of the three players that they're really trying to shed uh, salary cap on from their forward group. The three names that I have 
been throwing around recently, Brock Besser, who's got two years left at $6.5 million. There's Connor Garland, who has three years left at $4.9 million, or maybe even someone like Anthony Bovillier, who has one year left at $4.15 million. I've also heard Tyler Myers' name kind of thrown into the mix as well. He's someone who's got one year left and will be a restricted free agent come this time next summer. But unless the Blackhawks are moving on from Connor Murphy this offseason, I just don't see exactly how Tyler Johnson is going to fit into their lineup or Maybe they they do take on Tyler Johnson's deal and they buy him out right away because they don't want him playing games for them. They have that much cap space where they can actually still make that type of situation work. Even if, you know, while getting Myers and, and just buying him out, you only get the 11th overall pick in return for those instead of, you know, Brock Besser. But maybe that's what the Blackhawks want. Maybe the Blackhawks want to be able to keep themselves freed up financially moving forward because you take on Connor Garland's deal. Well, yes, they have a ton of cap space. He's still signed on for three more seasons. That's why I personally think if I were the Blackhawks organization, Brock Besser or Anthony Beauvillier would be the two that I'd be wanting to pluck from Vancouver the most. But those are kind of the players that it sounds like the Canucks are trying to get off of their books for next season. So that's kind of who, who I would be looking at. Um, but yeah, I just don't think Tyler Myers makes a ton of sense unless they were to buy him out immediately because they have, you know, already Isaac Phillips, Alex Vlasic, Wyatt Kaiser trying to step onto the scene next year. Maybe Kevin Korchinski, maybe someone like Ethan Del Mastro has a strong training camp, maybe Nolan Allen. He's another defenseman on the way. And then there's still, you know, Caleb Jones. The Blackhawks have a decision to make on him this offseason. We already know Jared Tenorti's coming back. Nikita Zaitsev is still under contract, although he could be a candidate to be bought out as well. There's just a lot of bodies already there on the back end. So I personally think Brock Besser, Anthony Beauvillier, along with the 11th overall selection, would make the most sense. And it's the most likely deal in my mind for the Blackhawks to make in order to uh, trade up from that 19th spot on day one of the 2023 NHL draft. All right, Hawks fans, there are my thoughts on some Blackhawks NHL draft updates. Coming up in just a moment here, I will actually break down the latest two-round mock draft that we saw from uh, Corey Pronman and Scout Wheeler of The Athletic. But first, I need to let you all know about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the exact same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, make sure to head over to eBay Motors. Because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or else you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Exclusive Exclusions apply. Eligible items only. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick before I get into segment two, I want to make sure all of you, uh, I know I have a lot of 
new viewers and a lot of new listeners out there, which I greatly appreciate. Make sure to go and hit that subscribe button if you're watching this show for the first time on YouTube. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, it really does help me out tremendously. I'm getting closer to the 1,000 subscriber mark, which that means I'll start getting paid from YouTube. So it would really help the boy out if you went and smashed that subscribe button down below. Also, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram at LO underscore Blackhawks. I'm going to be having a giveaway sometime soon, and I'm going to be offering like four or five awesome little Blackhawks trinkets to whoever winds up being the winner there. And I know one of the things you're going to have to do in order um, to qualify is you have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. And I've recently been posting a lot of reels there, a lot of awesome pictures and videos and highlights and clips of the show and whatnot. So make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. You're going to have to do it anyways to win the giveaway. I greatly appreciate all of your support. All right, segment two. Just yesterday, Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman of The Athletic actually dropped their two-round 2023 NHL mock draft. And obviously, as I just referenced, the Blackhawks have six picks within the first two rounds. They have the first and 19th overall selections along with uh, the 35th. Oh boy. Now we're testing me the 35th, the 44th, the 51st, and the 55th. So I figured I would share with you who Pronman and Wheeler have the Blackhawks taking with all of their early round selections. And by the way, let me just say I haven't done a complete player breakdown on all of these prospects, so I'm not the most familiar with them. I did a little bit of research and did my due diligence this morning to kind of be a little bit more uh, familiar with each of these players, but haven't gone through complete NHL draft profiles on these guys. So take everything I say with a little bit of a grain of salt here. Um, But obviously, number one overall, the Blackhawks are going to be selecting from the Regina Pats, Connor Bedard out of the WHL. The 17-year-old phenom is coming to Chicago in a little over a month, baby. Um, But it was really interesting to see who uh, Pronman and Wheeler kind of had the Blackhawks selecting with some of their other picks with the 19th overall selection. And of course, this is in a world where the Blackhawks stay home at number 19 and aren't able to trade up earlier in the first round. They have uh, the Blackhawks taking Daniil Boots at number 19, a winger out of Yaroslavl. Played a little bit in the KHL this past year, but mostly played in the MHL, the step right below the K. Um, the first thing that stands out about Boot is he's six foot five. You don't see a lot of six foot five forwards, but he pairs that with a really strong scoring touch. He's been more of a goal scorer than a playmaker so far throughout his young career. And kind of what Wheeler had to say is he's someone who should complement a player like Connor Bedard and Frank Nazar really well in the long term. Tallied 26 points in 26 games with Yaroslavl, as I referenced, in the MHL this season. So interesting to see the Blackhawks potentially going with a guy um, that's six foot five at the forward position. Um, I know Daniil Boot's kind of like um Someone who's kind of been projected to go all over the first round. I've seen him inside the top 15. I've seen him in the late 20s getting into the 30s. So it will be interesting to see if the Blackhawks do stay home at number 19 and he's still on the board. Will they go with Daniil Boot? There also are some concerns because he is a Russian prospect and you never know exactly when those guys are going to be coming over. Example A, uh, Matvey Michkov, who is projected to go inside the top five of the 2023 NHL draft. It is worth noting that if the Blackhawks 
this was a hypothetical question thrown Kyle Davidson's way a couple of months ago, but he was asked whether, you know, if they get the fourth overall selection and Bedard, Fantilli, and Leo Carlson end up going there, would uh, the concerns about um, Mitch Kov coming over to North America, would that kind of shy the, or push the Blackhawks away from taking him? And Kyle Davidson really said, Basically, no. So if Daniil Boot is available at number 19 when the Blackhawks are on the board, will be interesting to see if they end up going that direction. Um, with the 35th overall selection, the third pick in the second round, Wheeler and Prodman had the Blackhawks taking Bradley Nado, uh, Nadeau, excuse me, Bradley Nadeau, uh, left winger from Penticton. He actually played in the BCHL this past season and absolutely lit it up 113 points in 54 games obviously you don't see a lot of guys projected to go in the first two rounds playing college hockey over in Canada but he put up exceptional numbers they're a really good skater good stick handler good playmaker good goal scorer the only real knock on him is that he's only five foot ten and he's a little bit of a late bloomer but he is going to be playing for uh the main black bears Oh, I forgot their team name off the top of my head. He's going to Maine for next season. Um, it feels like he's a little bit of a Sam Renzel type pick, a little bit of a project that the Blackhawks, if they do wind up taking him, of course, could kind of stash away in their prospect pool, let him go develop at Maine over the next, you know, two, three, four years, and then kind of see what they have on their hands with him. But Make no mistake about it, he is a very intriguing prospect because of all the skills that he provides. Obviously, a dynamic offensive player, so I would not mind the Blackhawks going this route. They are able to kind of do this now that they've landed Bedard and have a slew of draft picks. They can afford to kind of take on these projects like a Bradley uh, Bradley Nadeau here um, with pick number 35. With their next second-round pick coming at number 44, uh, Prodman and Wheeler had the Blackhawks taking Kalen Lind, a center from the Red Deer Rebels of the WHL. That's actually where Reese Johnson played his junior hockey. Same with Brandon Hagel. That was really kind of uh, bringing me back to some good memories of like three, four years ago when those guys were first stepping onto the scene. And I was really first kind of getting involved in covering the Blackhawks and whatnot. And a couple of intriguing prospects there that played for uh, the Red Deer Rebels. And here's another intriguing prospect for Red Deer and Kalen Lind, one of the um, biggest, well, what, what's the word I'm going for here? Influences in all aspects of the game for one of the top teams in the WHL this season. He's got some good size, very well-rounded, a tenacious four-checker. When I was watching some video on Kalen Lind, the compete level and the work ethic, my oh my, it really kind of made me think about Paul Ludwinski, a guy who's an absolute wrecking machine out there on the ice. Um, Lynn may not be known for his offensive skills. He only had 44 points in 43 games this year for Red Deer, um, which kind of leads to some concerns about drafting him this high in the second round. But the way that he plays the game without the puck on his stick, uh, the intensity and the energy that he provides shift to shift, I think this would be uh, a sound, safe selection for the Blackhawks here in the second round. With pick number 51, crazy how many second round picks the Blackhawks are slated to have in the 2023 NHL draft. The Blackhawks took Matthew Cadiford at number 51, a right winger from the Halifax Mooseheads of the QMJHL. They actually just lost out to Patrick Waz, Quebec Remparts in the QMJHL championship game. But another versatile forward here is Matthew Cadiford. He had 75 points in 68 games for, as I referenced, one of the top teams in the Q this year. 
also plays a sound defensive game, kind of like Kalen Wynn, good work ethic, good compete level. Feels like a surefire potential bottom six pick, a bottom six lock one day at the NHL level because all the things he does well in the intangibles. A little bit more offensively skilled, I think, than Kalen Lind, which is interesting to see here. Um, but that's who Prime and Wheeler have the Blackhawks taking at number 51. And then with number 55, um, a very interesting pick here, Nico Mayatovich. Uh, left winger from the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL, a team that us Blackhawks fans are very familiar with at this point in time. Uh, Mayatovich, uh, kind of a late bloomer, was a December 2004 birthday, but a lot of scouts and draft analysts have been really impressed with his development and his progression this year. Now, there are some worries that, you know, he only looks so good because the Seattle Thunderbirds are an absolute juggernaut. Um, but I do think it could be an intriguing pick here for the Blackhawks, someone who has a really good size and skill combo, obviously is already familiar with Kevin Korchinski, Nolan Allen, and Colton Dock. He's been around a winning group all season long, so um, the resurgence has kind of brought Mayatovich onto the radar here, and I think it would be a very intriguing pick to see the Blackhawks go with him at number 55. Obviously, these are just mock drafts, though, and things are not going to shape up exactly this way. Hell, the Blackhawks probably won't even have all four of these second-round picks to make come June 28th. But one thing that stood out to me, and again, this is from Corey Proudman and Scott Wheeler, you know, while they are two very respected draft scouts and analysts here, they're not tied in with the Chicago Blackhawks. Their job is to kind of oversee all 32 NHL clubs and see what they need. So um, while they aren't as tuned in, maybe as like, a you know, the day-by-day -day beat writers for the Blackhawks are, to see them go with six forwards here with the Blackhawks' first six selections in the 2023 NHL draft, to me, that is not shocking whatsoever. I will say... I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks went with a goaltender, maybe in the third round. Um, and with one of these first six picks, I do think, and I don't think we should be shocked to see them take a right-handed defenseman because most of the guys coming up in the system, I just referenced Phillips, Vlasic, Kaiser, Delmastro, Allen, Korchinski. All those guys are left-handed defensemen. Eventually, you're going to need some righties in the system to be able to do it as well. It can't just be Seth Jones um, and the two that, kind of stand out. Alec Regula might be on the outside looking in and who knows if he's even going to be brought back to the Blackhawks next year. And Sam Renzel is still probably three years away from hitting the professional scene. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blackhawks go with a right-handed defenseman with one of these first six picks, but absolutely it, it's very clear and shouldn't be surprising to see that they're they're likely going to add a lot of forward depth with their draft picks here in 2023. It's just the one area of the prospect pool that they could deepen a little bit more. Obviously, um, they added some depth last year. I believe 11 of the 13 selections they made uh, in the 2022 NHL draft were at the forward spot. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go with that mentality once again here. It's the weakest part of the prospect pool at this point in time, but with the luxury of picks they have now, it might not look that way in just a couple of years down the road. All right, Blackhawks fans, there are uh, Scott, <laughs> Scott, Corey Pronman and Scott Wheeler's mock selections for the first two rounds of the 2023 NHL draft. Make sure to stay tuned, Blackhawks fans, because coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into forward Ryan Leonard's 2023 NHL draft profile.
But first, I need to talk to you all about bird dogs. And if you're looking for fit, comfort, and versatility, then look no further than bird dogs. I personally love their stretchy fabric that makes me extra comfortable in their shorts and pants, and they give me the freedom that I need to wear them wherever, whether that's on the golf course, whether I'm going to a work meeting, or if I'm just hanging out with friends, I can wear bird dogs anytime that I want. And for me personally, I always hate having to dress up for formal events or any type of situation. I hate dressing up all fancy, but bird dogs actually makes it so easy because their clothes are so comfortable. So make sure to go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL. And when you enter the promo code lockdown NHL in all caps, They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Again, all you have to do is use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get a free tumbler with every order. Bird Dogs, the comfiest shorts and pants in the game. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, I do still have to get into another 2023 NHL draft profile here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. And I didn't talk about this in segment one on purpose. I guess it didn't really matter because the title of today's episode gives this away regardless, but um, mentioned in Scott Powers article that released yesterday where he provided some updates on the Blackhawks mentality going into the 2023 NHL draft and um, you know, making sure to let every all of the fans out there know that Connor Bedard is going to be the number one overall pick. One thing that Powers did add in there is that the Blackhawks in particular really liked Ryan Leonard from the United States Development Program. He's someone who has kind of been thrown around there with picks number six, seven, six through 10, six through 11. That's probably the range where Leonard is expected to go. There's kind of that clear-cut top five at this point in time. But according to the Blackhawks, they liked Ryan Leonard so much that, you know, if they had the fourth or fifth overall selection, he would have been right there in consideration with Matvey Michkov uh, and Will Smith. So they really liked what they saw out of Ryan Leonard. I don't know if they'll be able to trade up to get there, but uh, I figured why not have Ryan Leonard be the next 2023 NHL draft profile that I break down here on the show. So without further ado, let's get into Ryan Leonard. He's a five foot 11, 181 pound center for the United States development program. He most recently put up 94 points in 57 games there combined between, you know, the USHL playing for the U18 team. Uh, He totaled 94 points, 51 goals, and 43 assists in 57 games. I believe that was the fourth highest point per game clip of any player for the United States development program of all time behind, I want to say, Jack Hughes, Will Smith, and Cole Caulfield. He was also ahead of Uh, Logan Cooley, and a couple of other high-end first-round selections from the past couple of years. So a very dynamic offensive season for Ryan Leonard. He also went on to add 17 points in seven games while being an alternate captain for the United States at the U18 World Juniors. And he'll be attending Boston College next season as a freshman, a very prestigious program in the NCAA. So obviously really impressive numbers at every level for Ryan Leonard this year. Incredible stuff for the development program, was a leader on and off the ice uh, for the U18s at the World Juniors. And that's why he's looked at pretty highly, as I mentioned, someone who's expected to go in between picks number six and 11. Uh, Sportsnet had him ranked sixth. Elite Prospects has him seventh. Daily Faceoff has him ninth. 
Bob McKenzie has him at 10. McKean Hockey has him at 11. And then the Hockey News, Craig Button, and Dauber Prospects all ranked him 12. So, yeah, right around the top 10 is where most scouts and draft analysts project Ryan Leonard to go. So, yeah, the Hawks would likely have to trade up with someone um, in order to select Leonard with their second pick inside the first round, just like they likely have to do with Colby Barlow and uh, Andrew Crystal as well, two NHL draft profiles. I've already gone over here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure to go and check out the YouTube channel to get more of a breakdown on each of those two players. But getting into kind of Leonard's game as a whole, there's a lot to like here when you watch the film on him. Uh, he's an extremely versatile forward who actually played all three positions for the United States Development Program this season. And I do think that's really important because, you know, obviously you want someone this high, you want them to be a center if you can, um, because centers are playing with the puck more. They have the most space out there on the ice. They can create the most. But for Leonard to kind of be able to do it at all three positions when, you know, most guys are just, you know, highly exceptional at one, he thrived in all three spots in all three different roles. And I think that's something that you need to look at with high regards for a kid at 17, 18 years old. He's already got the versatility to play multiple different positions. The face-offs and the defensive side of the game have not been an issue whatsoever. Um, but as I'll talk about a little bit later, I personally probably think uh, he's going to be a winger at the NHL level, if I had to guess. And a huge part of that is because of the true power forward style game that Ryan Leonard plays with, despite only being, you know, five foot 11, six foot, 180 pounds, he plays the game and kind of oddly like played a style that reminded me of Kirby doc when the Blackhawks were, when, when he was considered one of the top selections for the 2019 NHL draft, Kirby doc, obviously six foot three, six foot four, a lot bigger than Ryan Leonard, but they really do play the same kind of game. Ryan Leonard, brings that power forward mentality with each and every shift, which I personally love. He's really good at driving pucks down the wing. He's got a very powerful stride. I wouldn't say he's a top end skater and has top end speed, but he's a very strong skater and he uses his body to kind of keep control of the puck. And he wants to take the puck to the net every single time if the defender will allow him to. And that's what I really love the willingness and the desire to take the puck to the dirty areas. He's not going to just pull up and try to make a spinorama and find a trailer in transition. No, if it's a one-on-one -on -one battle there and Leonard feels like he has the advantage, he has the inside angle and has a leg up on the defender, he's going to take advantage of it. And in fact, I would go as far to say as he likes to pressure defensemen, he likes to feel their body on his and kind of knows how to react based off that, whether he has to kind of make a read or whether he knows he's got the step on his man and can take it to the net. When he's got that step, he's going to take it to the net every single time. And that powerful stride of his really allows him. Um, and I think that's probably the reason why being only six foot, 180 pounds, that he's so capable of keeping defenders off of him and why he's able to protect the puck so well, because He's such a strong skater, and he pairs that along with really good balance. Like, you don't see Ryan Leonard getting knocked off pucks too often and um, losing the puck all that frequently. So I really think that combination of skills is very, very prevalent for a guy who's under six feet tall. And then he absolutely has the finishing touch to go along with it around the net. He knows what to do with it 
once he gets to those dirty areas to get the finished product. Um, so there's a lot to like with that power forward style. Again, I wouldn't say he's an elite skater, but he's got a good first burst and he's really strong on his edges, which always gives him an advantage. And then he's also a proven responsible defensive player already at 18 years of age and is very aggressive out there on the forecheck. He's um, when watching kind of a breakdown on the line that he played with a lot of the season for the United States development program, he was mostly the guy that would go in first on the forecheck and kind of disrupt things and make things happen. And then to go along with it, when he does force that turnover, I think he does a really good job at making reads in a hurry. His vision and his IQ, maybe it doesn't get talked about enough because of the power forward style that he plays, but it's very noticeable when he's making those reads and turning defense into offense. He can make those quick passes in transition and in tight areas and a really good first outlet pass as well to kind of spring things going the other way. So a very good defender, very responsible. And then uh, the compete level is always there for Ryan Leonard. He's got a lot of good energy. He brings that on each and every shift, no matter what zone or what role he has to go play out there on that shift. He's willing to do it. He can be a guy who can play on the penalty kill, uh, a capable defender, a very strong and tenacious four checker, as I referenced um, so he, he kind of does have a, a complete package type of game and the energy and, you know, the um, the desire and the passion that he brings on every shift. And like I said, whatever zone he's in, if it's uh, a shift where he has to be a little bit more defensive late in a game, he's capable of doing that. If it's late in the game and he needs to create something going the other way, he's capable of doing that. So Ryan Leonard does have a lot of tools that make him a very intriguing prospect on both ends of the ice. And kind of something I wish I did with Colby Barlow and Andrew Crystal was kind of go over some of my strengths and weaknesses that I've seen for each of these players. As far as the strengths for Ryan Leonard, I mentioned the strong skating might be his best asset. He maybe doesn't have blow by speed, but a very capable skater that allows him to protect the puck. Um, and he also has good balance. He doesn't get knocked over despite not having the best size. I also think he uses his body well with and without the puck. When he's out there on the forecheck, he kind of knows where to put his body to be in the right positions. And then to go along with the power skating, bumps defenders and almost likes to bump into them to kind of see how they're going to react to things. I think that's one of the best parts of his game as well as he likes to put pressure on opposing defenders. Obviously, he's versatile. He can play all three forward positions. But in my opinion, I'd probably guess he'll be a winger at the NHL level because of the way he likes to drive those wide areas. I think that's probably the best part about his game. Um, the goal scoring instincts, I, I do think, you know, I mentioned how he likes to drive the puck to the net a lot, but he does have a really good wrist shot, really good accuracy. Maybe doesn't overpower a lot of folks, but some good pinpoint location on some of these shots and is a capable goal scorer in different areas. I mean, he did have 51 in uh, what? Uh, yeah, 51 goals in 57 games for the development program this season. He's a capable goal scorer in all areas. Uh, and then he's just well-rounded. He has a good passing instinct to him, good vision, good IQ. He competes hard. He's defensively responsible for 18 years of age, which you love to see a player have that. Um, it's such an early part of the development process. So there's a lot of things to like there with Ryan Leonard, the weaknesses that I have for him. I'm a little concerned about his high-end speed and whether or not that limits the ceiling offensively because 
while he is, uh, I referenced, a little bit undersized and able to get away with that at you know the junior level, and I do think it's still impressive. And as he gets stronger and gets more experience, that should only help him out more. But I do worry about that being one of his best skills at the NHL level because you know growing up or growing up playing against grown men, um, it's just obviously a whole nother ball game. So I do have some concerns about whether Leonard's going to be as good as he is in that area's. Um, a few years down the road at the NHL level as he is now. Uh, Sometimes he also gets caught trying to do too much. Like, as I referenced, he's got good hockey IQ and he can control the puck through tight areas. But sometimes in one-on-one situations, he really tries to do too much and tries to force things, tries to make a dance around defenders. You know, he's a capable puck carrier, but he's not Andrew Crystal out here dancing through defenders to make things happen. So sometimes I think he gets caught up trying to do a little bit too much. Um, But those are really the the only weaknesses that I see here with Ryan Leonard's game. I think he's very well-rounded and very surefire to be uh, an everyday NHL. He kind of reminds me of a Colby Barlow a little bit, a guy who's very, very much so a safety blanket for these for these NHL teams around the 10th overall selection. I do kind of have some concerns about the ceiling of Ryan Leonard's game because, well, he does have a lot of tools. I, I feel like there's not one thing he really excels at. So I, I just worry if the offensive production isn't ever going to be as high as you'd want it to be for a guy who could potentially go inside the top 10. Those are the only concerns I really have about his game. I do think he's a safe pick and I think whoever selects Ryan Leonard is going to feel really comfortable adding them to their prospect pool. I think for the Blackhawks, it just kind of comes down to ultimately what do they want to do if they do end up trading up in the first round? Are they wanting to go with a safety blanket like a Colby Barlow or like a Ryan Leonard here? And as we heard from Scott Powers, apparently they were very uh, intrigued by what they saw out of Ryan Leonard's game. So maybe that leads us Blackhawks fans to believe they'd rather go with a safety blanket if they are trading up. Or do they feel like they're in a spot where they can take a little bit of a gamble on a player like Andrew Crystal, who might not have you know the compete level and might not be as fall involved on the defensive side of things, but there's no denying the capabilities that he has offensively. So kind of interesting to see and hear that the Blackhawks really liked Ryan Leonard's game. Again, maybe they'll wind up going with that type of player. Um, but obviously there is still a lot to like here with Ryan Leonard. And I understand why they would like him so much because he feels like a very safe bet to be uh, a third liner, middle six forward in the NHL in a couple of years. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday May 24th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.